94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. 7.28 on your Rise and Drive right here on 94.7 Kumu with Devin and Esme. And uh, we got on the phone for our Kumu Kokua segment, um, one of Hawaii's leaders and experts to talk about the issues that you care about and to answer your questions. Of course, it is the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Hawaii, Josh Green. Yay! Good morning, sir morning thanks for having me can you catch us up on what's happening because you know we've been reporting these massive surges of covid on the mainland is hawaii still doing better than the rest of the nation and can you quantify that and why is that yes okay so first of all hawaii is doing better than the rest of the nation in in fact we were characterized yesterday as the only state in the country the only one in the country out of all of them that has had a decrease in our our number of hospitalizations in the recent months, the only the only one And hospitalizations, as you know, are the ultimate reflection of what your case count is, because that's how sick people get. It's how many people catch covid that translates directly into hospitalizations. So it's, it's amazing that we're the only one. Now, that also comes at the same time where we have the lowest counts overall. We've been very low. Our our positivity rate has ranged between about one point eight percent and two point eight percent for the last, say, two weeks fluctuating quite a lot in that small band. And that's another very good thing. Now, there are days, yesterday was one of them, where we had well, we had an additional 32 people that came out of uh, La- Laiva prison. And we had 144 total. That was a reflection, it looks like, of maybe the first couple, you know, the first couple cases or surges from Thanksgiving. It's, uh, Laiva has a, you know, has a separate a separate risk, right, where people are isolated. But, you know, we had 112 other cases this following just a day where we had 78 and the day before 44. So I do think we're going to see some modest surge from Thanksgiving, but I don't think it's going to be, and I'm hopeful about this, a, mo- a monster surge like we had in Fourth of July. Uh, people were more mindful of gatherings, but they were indoors. So we have kept our numbers very low. I can tell you that we are at the moment the envy of every other state. Now that can change fast. That's the case. That was the case in March and April and May when our numbers got very low. Of course, the trade-off was economic devastation. So this particular case, we have done what many people thought was impossible, which was open our economy. We restored 29,000 jobs out of the 125,000 that were lost from the, you know, the closing of our state uh, in just the month of essentially October, you know, October and then a couple of weeks in November, just by being able to open up, but keeping the lid on with the Safe Travels program. Not perfect, but when you add a test and you have the ocean between you and the mainland, you do decrease the numbers very significantly. I'm not going to quibble with others who, who would, would beg to differ. I'm going to say objectively our case counts are lower. Our hospital numbers are lower. Our fatality rate is lower. Can we do better? Of course. We're going to talk, I'm sure, about tweaking the program a little bit. But these are the benefits that we've had. And national figures have been reaching out to me quietly to see if they could take from some of our plans. And I tell them the good and the bad and the ugly. You know, it's it's not easy. But we, we are thankful here in my office that people have really taken to heart safe travels. Mask wearing was at 85% uh, as of last week, which is better than almost any other place in the country, which is good news. Mm-hmm. And we can still do better, you know, up from 85%. If we can get to 95% mask wearing, all this other talk about testing and pre-testing and whatnot will be chatter. 
masks would be enough. But uh, I like all of these different protections in advance of the vaccination because uh, it's going to take some time to vaccinate everyone. And meanwhile, the mainland is going to be in a dark, dark winter. So yeah, thank you to everybody for for hanging in there. And I see light at the end of the tunnel. I, I really want to give people hope that if we keep doing this well, we will have a safe Christmas and we can get to the vaccination without the same kind of damage that's being seen elsewhere in the world. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, sir, so just to quantify then uh, or to confirm, as far as the surge on the mainland, we're definitely not seeing it here so far. Um, what steps is Hawaii taking? Uh, is Are there any additional steps other than the Safe Travels program that we've been doing? Like, are we doing additional monitoring? Or Because I feel I, like a lot of people feel like that massive surge on the mainland is right at our back door. Like, how do we make sure we don't get inundated? I know parts of California are under uh, stay at home again. Well, there's a couple things that are happening. I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. So just the nature of those states locking it down will protect us somewhat. If someone asked me the other day, what are we going to do if if the case counts stay super high on the mainland? Are we going to just shut it down again? And I said, it's almost a moot point because they themselves have to shut down for travel it's really very difficult for any of those states to to see their own folks get on the planes and, and be moving around when this is going on. So they'll lay low. I actually expect that the federal government is going to con- strongly consider something that's a modified stay-at-home order at some point. I don't think they'll want to shut down completely. But going back to essential efforts for a couple of weeks while we vaccinate everybody makes some sense to me. So that's one safety precaution. Of course, we have our safe travels program, and we may continue to have to tighten it up. As you know, the governor said you have to have your your test result before you depart. Mm -hmm. And we're able to lock that into the systems so that people cannot upload it afterwards. They do go into 14-day quarantine. And it's very harsh for some. I, I, I feel for people when they've done their very best to get a test and it just didn't get here in time. But we're talking about the bigger picture, as you know, and the bigger picture is preventing spread in a global way in Hawaii. There, in my mind, there are some changes that can be implemented that are, are smarter still. I think what we want to do is we want to test people upon arrival like they've done on Big Island with, a, with an antigen test, a cheap one. And then, of course, if it's positive, you follow it up with a, the, the more, comp- you know, more, um, more reliable PCR test. So you screen people that way. I think if you do that, you also continue to cut your cases down very significantly. My my full recommendation is three parts. One, you give a fourth day in advance of travel so people can actually guarantee they get their test. They paid for it. They should get it. And we do not let people on the planes if obviously they don't have the test result or if they're positive. Part two, you test people upon arrival as many as you can. And the counties have done a good job, at least on Big Island, and they've made some good hard, uh, good faith attempts in other places to do that. You test people then. And then the final thing is you put a checkbox in there for people who have gotten the vaccine. If you've gotten the vaccine, you should not have to go through pre-testing. You will be immune. So you do those three things and you'll keep the numbers very low because truth be told, we're going to have to have some travel, a lot of travel, probably as people try to get their lives back, even we as residents are going to have to travel to the mainland and see the relatives we have and deal with the parts of our lives that aren't here on the island. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a reality in 2021. And I think it can be done very safely. 
Okay, thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, all the lot of news coming out about the CDC recommendations. Um, could you do us a favor and go through those quickly? The CDC still recommends a quarantine period of 14 days. They haven't changed the overall recommendation, but that they are talking about reducing to 10 days or 7 days in certain special cases. So if, yes, Lieutenant Governor, if you could, <laughs> Let him do the please thing. explain. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's guidance, and that's a that's a word that's often used by the CDC to give some latitude in these decisions. The, our Department of Health is going to be making some formal announcements in the coming days, and let me unpack this for you a little bit. What they're talking about mostly is close contacts. So if you had a close contact of someone, you've been a close contact of someone who's positive, you are at extra risk. It doesn't mean you're going to have COVID at all, but you have a little bit of extra risk. And the question then is. Does it merit two full weeks of, of quarantine away from everybody? And what the CDC is saying is maybe seven to 10 days is enough because after a close contact, the average time to symptoms is 5.2 days. We know that 30% of people never have any symptoms whatsoever, so it's a risk. But what they are recommending is that a seven to 10 day window, potentially with a test at the end of that window, is the safer way to go. But they're still uncertain. Nobody has absolute certainty. I do believe what our Department of Health is going to settle on is 10 days for clarity. It's interesting because that would line things up with the 10 days that you have if you have actually been diagnosed with a test with COVID. So remember when I had COVID and I had to stay in there for 10 days, mm-hmm. but my family had to actually stay in for two weeks because they were close contact of me. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, wait a second. He's the one who actually had COVID, but the family members... You know, Sam and Maya and Jamie have to stay longer. They never have, they never had any symptoms, nothing. They tested negative, yet the rules suggested they had to have two full weeks. Well, that's what they're trying to get at. Our, our little family is a microcosm of that experience. And so we will give full guidance. It may even come out today uh, from the Department of Health. They're working really hard. You know, the Department of Health, they take some grief, and, and we all deserve a little grief here and there. I, I understand because... You know, seeing different recommendations does not inspire confidence, but it's very complicated. You got a lot of people making recommendations. The truth is, the main, main advice should be mask wearing. That is by far the best tool we have right now. Mask wearing, social distancing, and hand washing. Of course, you want to lay low if you've been exposed to COVID. That's not rocket science. Whether it's seven or 10 days, these guys don't even know with, with absolute certainty what the science is yet, but we know that you should stay home. And the same thing goes for uh, going to work. If you have any upper respiratory symptoms, you probably have the cold or a cold or the flu. It's, it's very likely, but you just don't know. And in this particular era, you want to stay home until you can determine that because you just don't want to spread it to 15 of your coworkers. So these are the things that we're seeing. I was glad to hear that Dr. Fauci is going to stay on mm-hmm. uh, with President Biden. Because continuity is important, I do personally like the guy, uh, but this is the kind of thing you don't want to have to like reinvent the wheel. And having institutional knowledge, which is a cliche, I know, is valuable because you don't want to make the same mistakes you were making five months ago. So uh, Vivek Murthy, who's a personal friend of mine, I do like the guy. He's going to come on as Surgeon General with uh, extra emphasis on the COVID crisis. He, he was Surgeon General before under President Obama, and so he really knows the ropes. 
that combined with Fauci, combined with whoever the Health and Human Services Secretary is ultimately, are going to make up a very strong team. And I, I feel honored to be able to be in touch with these guys and, and to at least share our small experience here in Hawaii, which has to some degree, you know, outpaced the rest of the mainland. Thank you. Uh, sir, just to clarify, so then uh, a moment ago you were talking about how you believe the Department of Health will probably in the next day or uh, soon come out with some new guidance uh, regarding quarantine, possibly uh, following the CDC's reducing the number of days that they're recommending for certain types of cases. Um, the process, I just want to ask you about the process of that. DOH comes out with their with their recommendation. That doesn't mean it goes into effect that day, though, right? The governor still has to approve it and, and put it into emergency order. Is that right? That, yeah, that tends to be what we do. Yeah, so, yeah. So we would do an amendment to the emergency order. And, and I think that it's very likely that we will continuously uh, update that. You know, the, the rules do change, but the overall premises don't. So you'll note that the big things have not changed much. We've, you know, we've had lots of meetings, lots of discussions deep into the night last night, even about small changes, small tweaks to the, you know, to the, the safe travels mm-hmm. program, like I was mentioning earlier. But the big picture is you still have to get a pretest uh, 72 hours within 72 hours of your travel. Uh, small changes about when you have to have that testing, but you have to have a pretest. Mask wearing, that was a point of contention. Uh, finally, the gov came out and said, said straight up, you have to have a mask on uh, when you're in public. That's our, that's our mandate. So, you know, I think that people overcomplicate these things because we get a little panicky about where we are and what's going on in the mainland. But I don't want people to panic. The main underpinnings of, of the circumstance of COVID are the same. If you are young and healthy and you're wearing a mask, you're going to be in good shape. You're not going to catch COVID. And even if you do, you're not going to you know, suffer. If you're older, if you are, uh, certainly if you're a Kapuna, but just anyone, once you're getting into your 50s, 60s, your risks start going up and they go up a lot more in your 70s. Do not take any risks. Do not... Do not expand your social bubble. Don't do that because if you do that, the likelihood of catching COVID and then being in the hospital is much higher. We've seen pretty steady hospitalization rates. About 7% of our cases have landed in the hospital and about 1% to 1.5% of of anybody who's been diagnosed with COVID in our state has has died, Mm -hmm. being a much number if you're over 80. So, you know, it's pretty clear what what the best practices are here and... I wouldn't, um, you know, I, I wouldn't take any risks if I were people. I really would, you know, I would get through Christmas with a pretty mellow existence. And then after that, I would start looking forward to being on that vaccine list. Once, you, once you've been vaccinated, I'm still going to tell people they, they should err on the side of wet mask wearing because we won't know who did and didn't have their shot. Mm-hmm. But we will see the light of the tunnel then. And then I think a lot more normal behaviors will start occurring. You'll then see movie theaters being able to open up more easily. You'll see restaurant numbers be able to go up uh, in, a, in a safer way because not only will we have safe travels for visitors going to restaurants, but we will know that a lot of our, you know, our front-facing people, not just in healthcare, but in other industries, have gotten a shot, and they will not be able to catch COVID. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, so that Kauai couple that got on the plane Ooh. knowing that they had COVID, that was uh, that was kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, is there a loophole that needs to be closed in order to make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen again? 
Well, it was a mistake on their part. There's no question. And they did expose other people to risk. That's the thing that you can't do. That was their largest mistake. Everyone knows that if they have COVID, they, they need to wait out the 10 days until they're cleared. And I think this is going to be a learning moment more than anything else. It's a teachable moment. Uh, but it, it is a complicated situation, and I'll tell you why. Some people will now decide simply not to get tested. And because without a test in hand, they know that they're allowed to travel and they can go in and they will face, of course, the 14-day quarantine. And that's not really what we want. What we want is people to get tested and behave responsibly. Mm -hmm. So I want everyone out there who's listening today uh, just to realize that this is a time of of significant self-sacrifice. And so if we are traveling, if you make the decision to travel, you have to be aware that if you happen to test positive, if you happen to test positive before your return, you're going to have to be able to accommodate that 10-day stay uh, before you can come back. And so that has to be built into people's mentality. Uh, it's very difficult because I can understand where people are, are going to go psychologically. They're going to say, you know, I'd rather be, if I have to be sick, I want to be near my family. I want to be home. I don't want to be on the mainland. But that's why you really need to postpone those trips to the mainland right now unless you feel confident that you can accommodate the extra 10 days if you get stuck there. And it'll be easier when you're vaccinated. And this is still sound weird, but if you've already had COVID, you're in a pretty good spot. You know, when I traveled to D.C. a couple of weeks ago, I knew because I already had experienced the disease and had immunity that I was not going to be stuck. Uh, I would not have taken that trip otherwise. I would mm-hmm. not have I would not have gone, even though it was very valuable to see what's going on in the mainland and talk to health leaders from across the country. It it would I would have had pause about going because I, you know, I could not have afforded to be away from the job for two weeks. I need to be here working for people. So, you know, these are the these are the calculations you have to make. And look, guys, the vaccine is coming. I actually think the vaccine is going to be here in our hands for the broader population a little bit on the earlier side than they had predicted. Some people thought all the way till the summer. I think it's going to be wintertime. And I think that the, um, the, new, the new president's going to really emphasize a, a rapid ramp up of, of vaccinations for Americans. So let's hope that that's true. I'll keep you informed very best I can. Okay, that sounds good. I'm just uh, curious here in Hawaii, what kinds of preparations are being done to get ready? Because, you know, the first vaccines will require a certain level of refrigeration. Um, there are logistics to getting them here. And I'm also curious how many uh, how many vaccinations you think Hawaii will get in the first wave and who will get them first, et cetera. What kind of preparation is being done for that? Well, to, to use the word massive preparation would be a great understatement of what's going on. Mm. But you have to realize that just to set up a single vaccination center that's going to be churning it out for a, a big, heavy eight to 10 hour day, you might have 50, 60, 70 people doing that. Uh, it's kind of an interesting day for me and my team because a year ago today, we went to uh, we went to Samoa Remember and that. Mm-hmm. 900 people, 997, I think was the number. And we did it in, in 48 hours. We did that with a team of about 150 people on the ground there. We brought 75, and they had maybe actually they had another 100 or more. And we took a whole large island. In fact, there are two islands involved and vaccinated everybody. And it was even then we only got to, you know, under 40,000 people. 
in Hawaii, well, phase one, we're going to do about 40,000 people, interestingly. That's going to be healthcare workers and uh, first responders and vulnerable kupuna and, and institutions. Those first people will be a little easier to vaccinate because they already are embedded in hospitals or long-term care facilities. Mm-hmm. But then the very hard work comes, although the first phase is not easy. And that hard work is, you know, just um, our, our general strong citizens who don't have any connection to a hospital or a clinic or anything. They just happen to fall in the category of needing a vaccine next. That will be a huge logistical lift. We will set up uh, very complex ways uh, I'm sorry, not complex ways, um, thorough ways to make sure people can sign up and either get a QR code or uh, be able to show up with their their invitation to the vaccine and where to go because we have to be careful to have the right number of vaccines at the right places because that's to be kept cold. So you've got lots and lots of very well-organized people working on this, and it's still going to be a challenge, even with all that. Sure. I'm, con- you know, I'm emphasizing try to keep it as simple as possible team because I think that I would be okay sacrificing an extra couple of weeks of getting it done without having the extra confusion of people going to the wrong place or getting the wrong second shot and so on. So uh, that is a part of the, of the dialogue to keep it straightforward, have a couple central places to do it. And it's an easy thing. Getting a shot is no big deal. It takes a couple of minutes. Uh, then people have to stay around for a half hour, an hour to make sure that they you know, didn't feel sick from it. There's going to be very little of that. The bigger lift is going to be making sure that we get enough vaccine and that we don't have um, confusion about who is appropriate in each tier. We'll publish all this over and over and over again in the newspapers, on the radio, on social media. And then it's up to people's uh, own kind of heart, whether or not they want to get vaccinated. I respect people if they choose not to or if they choose to wait a bit. I understand that. I will say I'm going to try to lead by example. I'm going to get the shot. And as a healthcare worker, I believe that I should not expose my patients to COVID if, God forbid, I caught it again seven months from now. I don't want that to happen because we don't know that you can't catch it a second time for sure. We just know that for a few months, you definitely have immunity. So this is a lot of work. And it's a very good team that Hawaii has put together to do it. Before we exit the topic of vaccines, I just wanted to ask you, sir, it sounds like you have in your head a couple of set places and a date and maybe how many vaccines are coming. Can you share that with us? I will say this. I think that we should have at least two significant centralized places on Oahu, two on Big Island, at least one on Maui and one on Kauai. And of course, we're going to be caring for Lanai, Molokai and so on. Right. So that is the approach. I don't want to jump the gun on the locations because if I say it now and it gets different, someone's going to say, I heard on the radio when you were talking to Esme to go to place A. And I really want it to be in big, bold print um, on, you know, Star Advertiser, Civil B, Kumu, everywhere, Hawaii News Now, KHON, KITV, everywhere, same way. But I want it to be like that. And I think that also, uh, at first, people don't have to worry about that because the first way you're going to get it is going to be only if you're a healthcare worker or you're a, uh, a citizen that's living in like long-term care or care care home. Those places are going to take care of it. They're going to take care of their workers and the list. So the first forty thousand or so people, you know, three to four percent of the population will get it through the institutions. 
Then come February, that's the most optimistic date I could possibly give, we would, we would go into the next phase with, say, 200,000 additional vaccines. That's when you're going to need those locations. So we have a lot of time to finalize it. Mm-hmm. If I had my drivers, it would be the easiest places with the best parking. And then ultimately, as we get down to the, the end stage of this, we're going to use pharmacies. So ideally, it'd be like when you get your flu shot. You go to your local pharmacy and you got your friend Kevin at the pharmacy and he gives you the shot. Uh, we'll get there. But that's once it gets really basic for people like, um, you know, the, the, the real young ones uh, that, that don't have a big need, that are 25, 30 years old, that otherwise will only do it if it's utterly convenient. Got it. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's how this is going to play out. But I don't want anyone to think that we won't broadcast it, you know, from the top of the mountain, that, that we have to. You know, I'm not talking about Monica. I didn't want to start that fight. I'm talking about, like... <laughs> From, from the top of the mountain on the radio. We sure, will, sure. Yeah. But thank you for you that know. broad overview because that kind of gives our listeners a better idea of, of who's getting the vaccine first and how. So thank you for Lieutenant that. Governor, can you also touch on the, it's a two-step vaccine process. Is that correct? Yes. Can you explain to people why that happens? Yes. Yeah, so the way the immune system works is you get the first shot and your body recognizes the RNA, which is the, the signature proteins that come off of the virus. And then it starts making antibodies in your system and you get immune. But you only get 50, 60 percent immunity from one dose or shot like that. It's incomplete and it fades. When you get your second shot, the booster, then it, it basically sends that final signal. Holy heck, body, we have to get it. we got to get it together and stop this thing. It's assaulting us. And that's what a booster shot or the second shot does for mm-hmm. you. And then you get full immunity. And that's where you get that 95 or 94.5%, depending on the vaccine uh, success rate. Just one shot is going to give you much less. Now, it may be, though, that people who had COVID, after they get their first shot, they get that kind of full effect. We'll only know that once they've studied uh, people's antibodies. But you're going to have to get two shots. They'll be three weeks apart. If you go a little longer than three weeks, it's not going to be a disaster. There will be recommendations and protocols. Uh, but that's going to be how it's done. And look, uh, it's a good thing if a vaccine is working. And this vaccine, they say, is going to work much better than the regular flu shots. So uh, the world has spent a lot of energy and resource on this, and so it better darn well work. <laughs> I'm looking forward to shots later down the line that are just one shot. It may very well be that after, after much of the world has gotten this vaccination and we've ended this, this particular pandemic, that high-risk groups get a, a booster shot in subsequent years. We'll, we'll be seeing lots of studies on this, universities all across the world uh, and institutions that, you know, good scientific institutions, Dr. Fauci's people, they'll be studying whether the immunity is maintained, whether the virus mutates. We'll be watching for, you know, a, uh, an outbreak in 2022. Uh, so we're going to be on this. It just simply wreaked too much havoc, um, this year. And mm-hmm. we, I hope, learned lessons about preparation because I don't think it's it's not good for humanity to have to lay low for a whole year uh, in, in fear of a virus. Yeah, got it. Talking with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. As a follow up to the questions about uh, the vaccine, uh, one of our listeners posted on our Facebook, uh, our listener Heidi is asking you, how will you get the majority of people to vaccinate to build trust that this wasn't rushed? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. It's a process because it has been rushed. But mm. on the other flip side of it, they've also spent a lot of extra energy and resource doing larger samples 
of the you know of the study. Interestingly, uh, Great Britain is taking a leap of faith and they're getting it beforehand. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. before most other countries. So we're going to see some results out of Europe early on. Uh, there was benefit for them to do that. They got, I'm sure, better prices and better access and guarantees that they got the first batches. On the flip side, if there are any significant side effects, we're going to see them in that population. So God bless those people for taking some risk. I will say this. I'm going to lead by example. If I feel it's safe as a physician, I'm going to take it. And I don't take these things lightly. I got little kids that I have to you know, provide for. And, and you know, I, I care about being here for a long time. So I will take it myself. And some people will have to judge based on leadership, uh, whether other leaders across the country take the shot. And then there's just the um, there's just the science. You know, you either do or you don't trust the science. And, you know, I've come out. I've actually evolved over the years. I used to be much more hardcore about pounding my fist on the table and thinking everyone has to get a vaccination. But I understand that people have to come to that conclusion on their own. And if somebody chooses not to get a vaccination that is called, you know, well, warp speed or something, Operation Warp Speed, then <laughs> mm-hmm. they can they can err on the side of being more careful with mask wearing and social distancing until they feel comfortable getting a shot. Uh, so I think that we have to be fair to people. We have to be uh, respectful of their ideologies. I will share mine. Mine are, My ideology on this personally is to get the shot if it's safe, and I get all of my shots, the pneumonia shot and the flu shots and so on. I just hate being sick, honestly. But if we do lead that way, I think most people get it. And the numbers do suggest right now that over 70% of the people are planning in Hawaii to get it, which is kind of coming as an interesting surprise to me. So uh, I'll be out there working on this a ton. That's probably going to be one of my main projects for 2021 with a great team. And I just appreciate people uh, just considering it and, and being open-minded about this process. I want, I want people to see the end of the tunnel of COVID. Okay. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. We appreciate it. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. I'll be there for you next Friday. And uh, if there's any breaking news, you know, just give me a shout and I, I might be able to give you a little update. But the next two weeks will be very telling on things like the vaccination. And please, everyone, keep wearing your masks. Let's let's get through the aftermath of this Thanksgiving uh, period safely and keep our numbers sane. We'll be okay. Well, it seems like the next wave is going to be all our friends calling us going, can you guess, uh, Dr. Green, whether they can bring my kids home? Because <laughs> everybody's come back from college. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. the next thing. Mm. Please, please, please get the test no matter what. And... Uh, and if they do, we're going to be better off. I'm worried about college kids coming home. Yeah. So uh, right. everyone, mm-hmm. I know time, but it's going to be great to see our, our our loved ones. Make sure they come back healthy. All right. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. Appreciate it. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here on Kumukokua.